Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Like one of them would have to like walk up like Rodeo Drive wearing a um like a prison outfit and like understand what it feels like to be viewed as a prisoner. Um <laughs> they and... me of the, the that cattle rich kids cattle drive on yeah. TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very that. And it was on like Noggin. Like that's the other thing I love about it is that it came on after Degrassi and it was like a tween Noggin reality show. So I loved Stasi from that show. I, lo- I, I love like, the thought of a little Troy with his like mil- milk and cookies or whatever snack he was eating, <laughs> just smiling at this this show, Queen Bees, that only lasted was it like six episodes or something? <laughs> yeah, it was like literally half of one season, and I loved it. Wait, so I, I loved it. I I do find the Stasi family very curious because not only was Stasi on Queen Bees, she was also on The Amazing Race. <laughs> yeah, when with, she was a goth. So like, so like. What the fuck? Like, which part of her family was, like, wanting to be reality stars? Like, was it Stassi convic- convincing her family? Because we know her mom's a little thirsty, too. So where, what, what, what's going on with that family? Like, that's crazy. It is really weird, especially because, like, her family had to be on Queen Bees, too. Like, they were, you know, they sent her to this camp or whatever to become a good girl. And her narrative on the show is that she was, like, this Louisiana, like, debutante princess and that she, like came from a family of like uh like former debutante women <laughs> and it like it was crazy like i literally was like when she, the first season of vanderpump rules i was like oh my god it's that girl who <laughs> comes from like southern royalty who like owns a plantation or whatever like that's what i thought was what was this was this pre-chin or post-chin operation this was post-chin this is like so it's post goth stassi so she's like glam so it was like Gossy was like Stasi like like into Morrissey and stuff? 
I think you were right, by the way, by saying gossy. Gossy, <laughs> gossy. <laughs> what if I just um, what if what if I just created something? Oh my god! Like, merchandise. The merchandise is limitless here. <laughs> Let's get fan joy on the line right now. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, like Goth Stasi was like, I don't know. I don't I, I didn't watch her season of Amazing Race. I've only seen photos and clips. So I can't like assess it, but I only know I only know like glow up Stasi. Can I we guess. find Queen Bees online anywhere? Uh yeah, it's on YouTube. Yes. Oh god. I mean that is like the cool thing of YouTube. Like I I had not watched Gallery Girls and that that's how I first, you know, was able to see it was like through YouTube, you know? Yeah. Um okay, so Sandoval and Kristen, they were living together in 2013 when season one premiered, but broke up when Sandoval started developing feelings for Ariana in season two. And it was admitted by Jax and Kristen they hooked up twice, supposedly. Kristen dragged it out as much as possible and looked extra desperate every time she went to the old apartment, uh, which was the WeHo apartment that Ariana moved into and then they just moved out of. Um, Such a baby. I don't say anything to you or James anymore. And nor have I in a long time. And I'd appreciate it if you did the same. You don't need to go up and talk shit to Ariana. You don't need to. I mean, to- I was hardly talking shit. I didn't insult her. I just said it's like deja vu. He's cheating on you just like you cheated on me. What did you expect? Blah, blah, I said blah. it's deja vu that we're standing in the same place again. You didn't again. say our relationship's a lie. It's built on lies. Well, that's Kristen, what I think. Kristen, the point I'm trying to make is stop going up and like and you made saying up- shit. Like, babe, you, uh, Tom, sorry, Freudian slip. This is coming seriously from a place of, like, caring about you from, like, love that I'm very honest. Will you please look at me? I think when things start off badly and dishonestly, they're not going to end well. And we know that. And that's how you guys started. So um, No, we didn't. Yeah, you did. It would be a sign of respect if Tom were to just be honest with me. Tell me the truth. Tell me you were sleeping with Ariana behind my back. What was your opinion of Kristen and Sandoval? Well, Kristen and Sandoval were actually my choice couple. Like While, while everybody else was chasing after uh, uh, Jackson Stasi, I was living for Kristen and Sandoval. Like, Why? What, what made you live for them? I just love Kristen's unapologetic. To me, Kristen is the unsung hero of Vanderpump Rules. She is like, well, she used to be. Now we're it's like post mortem Kristen again. But like old school Kristen, a I felt like she was being gaslit a lot of the time, and now <laughs> she just like leans into being. I think crazy. Ariana's ugly. What are you talking about? <laughs> like she was being told she was crazy yeah. all the time when she wasn't. Well, I mean, she was, I mean, but she was, uh, you know, but not like she the, was, yeah, but. Yeah. You know, she was like, um, I don't know. I just loved her. I thought she was like, in the way that Stasi like knows that she's a good reality star and she gives you what, what she knows that you want, which is like funny quips and amazing talking heads and and like quotable, memeable moments. Kristen is an, an amazing reality star in the way that she has no idea that she's a good reality, a good reality TV yeah, star. You know like what I mean? She really, she. I mean, and from what I hear, she doesn't have a real like sense of humor about everything. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't get why we find certain things funny. And I find that I really could see interesting. that. Um, but you know, and by the way, how wild is it? And this, like, I definitely want a book from Kristen Doty, but I don't know if it's a relationship book I want. Like that's wild to me. Like how she's, her book comes out in May and it's all about, it's called like, you, you know, 
he's, you know, you're not crazy. He's making you crazy. But like, I don't want like that's too crazy when your plotline on Vanderpump Rules is not being able to get out of relationships and stuff like that. Like it doesn't it doesn't bode well for you doing like an advice book on relationships. Yeah, like maybe resolve some stuff or whatever. Yeah, for... I mean, like, well, it seems like she'd be the perfect person to like read a relationship book, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, I would love true. a book from Kristen. I just don't know if that's the one I would want, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I love Kristen, and I just think like she's my favorite. She's always been my favorite cast member. Yeah, you got suck and... a dick. You got like so many oh notable my lines. Oh my she God. really was brash, and she was unapologetic. And by the way, like, I love that she still puts it out there where we do see her crying and moping and, and confused. I think that's always an interesting reality show, um, you know, person to watch. I think that's great. It's way better than what, you know, Stassi on the upswing of her book tour, you know? Yeah, like, I would rather watch Kristen be honest. That's the thing about her is that she's always been honest, unapologetically, in a way that the other cast members aren't. Like, when she is doing something gross and maniacal, she'll tell you. And I would rather watch her be in, like, this weird limbo with her boyfriend than, like, watch Jackson Brittany pretend to be so perfect. And, you know, like, I'd, I would rather watch this. This is, like, yeah. real. Yeah, I mean, I could totally... I mean, and, like, the Carter of it all. Like, I want Carter to have a bigger part because that relationship is, like, something very Star 80 to me. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, Yeah, he, it's weird. Like, are you... Is there some kind of, like, like uh, Svengali-like force in the background, like, telling Kristen what to think and feel? Like, by the way, um, the Britney's birthday party was at Hooters this weekend, of course, and fucking Carter was there in some of Jax's Instagram videos right next to Kristen. See, it's so fucking weird. And, like, why does everybody keep bringing up that he doesn't pay for stuff? Like, how much is she really spending on him that yeah. it's, like, the main thing that they bring up every single time? That's why I'm like, is he – like, does he, does he get past, like, a fancy hat store and, like, pout until she buys him, like, a fancy <laughs> hat? Like, <laughs> That's what I really honestly – like, you're joking, but that's what I feel is happening. Like, yeah, I feel imagine like that face. Needs- he has such a weird face structure. Imagine that and a pout. Mm. <laughs> you just want it to stop because it looks so weird. <laughs> no, but I love I love Tom and Tom and Kristen. I think that it's like that to me is like the yeah, heart of the show. But do you think they should have stayed together? No, God, yes, no. yeah. I mean, by the way, like that was a ridiculous relationship, and yeah. it reminds me a lot of a young relationship when you're like, yeah, that isn't perfect. That that's not a perfect relationship. But like, what I loved was remember when it was like that slap episode where he was helping Kristen on her acting <laughs> resume. <laughs> and her, yeah. at, her acting real and he, he was like yeah babe this is awesome you know it's so supportive <laughs> i miss see i miss hearing tom say god geez Kristen, <laughs> god Kristen." just like him being frustrated with her all Ooh. day long it is you know and that's why it is interesting to see the ariana relationship too because he genuinely you could tell when somebody's relationship was like particularly bad for that person because he really does seem to like every day. Thank God he's with Ariana. He seems light. He seems happy. He, I mean, I don't know if it's fake or not, but he genuinely seems much different than he was with Kristen. Yeah. He cherishes her in a way that's like, he knows the other side. Yeah. And he knows the alternative and it's like, fuck, I'm lucky, you know? Yeah. Like, he seems like, like Kristen was his Vietnam, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So this is the other, this is to me, the darkest relationship of Vanderpump Rules 
and when Vanderpump Rules ends, it'll still be the darkest relationship is Katie and Schwartz. Oh, and, <laughs> oh, oh God. I mean, what is your opinion of Katie and Schwartz? And I guess oh. throughout the years, because this is another you could do you could do three podcasts on this. Let me just start by saying that Katie has always been my nemesis on the show. While everybody else is trolling Sheena and like fucking calling, you know, Kristen crazy or whatever and and looking at Jax's DMs, I'm looking at Katie. And I am saying, girl, I see you. We see each other. I am like, she is unbearable to me. She always has been. She's the only person on the show, even Jax, you can say, They've all watched the show. They at least are aware of their issue. They all know what their thing is. They know, like, what their problem is. You know what I mean? Like, Jax knows he's a terrible person, and he knows it, and he may not change, but it is what it is. And Stassi knows that she can be a bratty cunt, and that's her thing now, and it just is what it is. Katie is the only person on the show who doesn't know what her thing is and has never tried to change anything about herself. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this a couple times now. Is like she is the one person that does not seem to make any forward movement in any kind of growth besides, you know, just style. Yeah, yes, yes. Like, and by know. the way, no, even then, I don't think her style has grown. It's just gotten weirder and like like stuff that I don't even – I mean I'm definitely not a fashion plate, but I see Katie and I'm like, how did you write a fashion blog? Like I just don't think – like it just doesn't – like it, like I think she's a pretty girl face and hair wise, but I just the rest of it I don't I don't get, and I don't. It's not like I think she's even alternative or something. I just don't understand what she's doing. It also will always it always resonates with me that like I have to remind myself that Katie thinks that she's like this punk rock alternative. Yes, music that, girl. and she's not. Music does not kill Katie. Like, <laughs> like you know, what? she's like the kind of girl that was like back in the day. She's like Matchbox Twenty is alternative. You know. <laughs> yeah. She's so oh, she drives me crazy. And also, like, you know, Tom, who's like so charming and so funny, and Tom is so funny, and everybody loves Tom Sandoval. Tom is like equally as frustrating because it's like you are the only person who can, like, you are the only person who has like the right to really tell this girl, like, look, you mortify everybody. Like, you're a bully. You know what I mean? You treat people terribly, and he doesn't do anything or say anything. He just lets her gallivant around and be a monster it's annoying yeah i mean it really well and i don't even want to say they need each other like they need each other to stay as miserable as they are that's how they need each other but like imagine how amazing the show would be if they broke up and then we have to see katie date like oh. imagine that imagine like like they said this season that you know schwartz was like i think it's time to bring sexy back and I'm like sexy was never here like there's no coming back when it was never here to begin with but imagine katie on a date with a random like how would that go how would what would her personality be i don't think she knows the answer to that question. that's what either. i'm saying but then imagine schwartz we if, like if they did like a split screen of like them on a first date you would see schwartz having the time of his fucking life he wouldn't have to get blackout yeah, drunk. No he's true. like he's like you mean i don't have to get blackout drunk to make out with somebody yeah like that's he he literally gets blackout drunk so he can hook up with other girls because he knows that excuse <laughs> works speaking of katie's personality by the way i also think that it should be stated that like the, the most fascinating thing about Katie is that throughout the whole beginning of the show, she very comfortably 
like sat in a Gretchen Wieners like position, right? Yeah. Like she is the sidekick to this girl who was very clearly uh like the the main yeah. like we, cast we all member. That, we've all seen that that character of like the girl that stays quiet behind the popular girl. Exactly, and talks a bunch of shit, but like doesn't say it. like you know she's like the quiet girl. And then when Stasi left the the friend group, Katie all of a sudden became like the leader of the girls. And it's like so weird. Like we've never really assessed that. Like that shakeup has, has like really derailed everything since then. And for some reason, Katie still thinks that she's like this pillar. And I'm like, girl, yeah, like no. what? Well, I think I think about that period of time when Stasi did leave and then Stasi tried to come back. And like it literally took, I think, a whole season to like for Kristen to accept Stasi again. And I yep. sometimes wonder if Kristen had held to her guns how much better her life would have been. Oh my God. Immensely. Yeah. I mean, like I really, but you know, I, I just think Katie is one of those people that if you're close with her, you probably really like her, but yep. everything else, like there, I remember years ago, Molly took me to this party, one of their birthday parties. And it was like on film. And like the first time I had like seen it, I was so nervous. And like, I remember we did a shot with Stassi and it's on tape. Like it's on, it's on video somewhere. And we're doing a shot with Stasi of Jaeger and we do it. Stasi was like super nice. Um, and you see Katie walk past in the background and she's giving us a scowl. It's like she looks over, she's like, ugh. And I was like, that's so Katie that even so Katie. it's like she's literally like the fucking like Baba Duke in the background of every fucking <laughs> every shot. She's like right there just scowling, you know? She's just like she's un bearable and like i really truthfully think that kristen has always known that but like you know kristen is terrible at expressing herself and then kristen was also like during that time in a phase of just being you know happy to be allowed to show up to stuff so she would just accept anything from anybody you know because they had just welcomed her back into the group too uh so yeah i mean it's just i think that katie is unbearable and i think that after this many years it's been like what ten years of her watching herself on TV, and she still doesn't get it. That says a lot. Yeah, it, I mean, it really. It I don't. And sometimes, like, okay, so like two seasons ago, I will not say I, this is something positive. I will say about her. I the one moment where I thought, like, oh my god, Katie's going to have an amazing season was the episode when she talked about her falling through the skylight, and they showed the video of her oh, yeah. like all fucked up and like, yeah. and I was like, wow, like I can't believe she got through that. That must have been so traumatic. And for like an episode or two, I was really like, maybe Katie, maybe Katie's changing and evolving. And then it just, I, yeah. was, I was wrong. So, um, but you know, that is interesting though, to say something of like, wow, the most interesting thing about you is you fell through a skylight. <laughs> yeah i know and i think everybody felt like that yeah. it was like oh we're getting like a it's katie's redemption year like we're finally going to get to the bottom of why she's terrible yeah like or even like where she like i would love a scene where she just goes fuck i don't know why i'm like this i just i just i can't like i'm not a morning person i'm in a bad mood all the time i wish i was better but this is just how i am like i would respect that i would be like fuck katie thank you that's so honest you know yeah i agreed do I you think they'll stay together um, I think they'll stay together as long as Katie wants them to, because Tom would never leave her. Yeah, so so just real quick, the history of the relationship. Kristen set them up originally. They were dating when season one started. They got engaged in season four after much pressure from Katie. Um, ring on a string, you guys all remember that. And eventually got married on a Wednesday 
a Wednesday, mind you, uh, 8-17-2016, a day that will live in infamy, uh, that was shown on season five. Now, in both seasons three and season six, Schwartz was accused of making out with women at bars, but he claims he didn't remember it, so it's totally okay. Um, so, so, so many, like, Tequila Katie and Bubba fights, there are so many of them, but one of the best ones is this one where Schwartz pours water over Katie's head in season two. Tequila Katie is wasted. Crazy Kristen is a raging bitch, but... That's fine. I'll leave. Really? Really? You're being stupid. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Katie, you're being a bitch. You're being a bully. You don't understand the way you make me feel sometimes. You're being a bitch. No, I'm not. Can I just say something? No. Listen, I'm not talking about you. Wait, this isn't about you. You tried to make me. And uh, what did you think of that, Troy? The water moment? Yeah, or just, I mean, like, the fights. Do you think that's just standard fare for a relationship? Is that eventually you're going to, like, pour water, you know, over your significant other? I think that Tom resents her. I think that he had a lot of resentment for her because he like wished that he couldn't be with her a lot of the time, but then was like, well, I want to still though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I think that like for the rest of their relationship, it'll always be this dynamic where he'll do these like passive aggressive things and say passive aggressive things to her. Cause he like actually can't fucking stand her, but like also <laughs> loves her. You know what I mean? And well, yeah. I mean, I, I, Oh, I, I understand that relationship very well. And now it's such a pattern in their relationship that it would feel awkward if they didn't have that happening. Yeah. Like they would almost feel like not love if all of a sudden he wasn't saying like if all of a sudden he was never saying like abrasive backhanded things at Katie, Katie would get worried that he wasn't interested anymore. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Like if he was just genuinely nice all the time, she'd yeah. be like, what the hell is going on? Now, Tom eventually admits to making out with the girl rumored in season three, but more concerning, of course, is that he may be a battered wife. He loves her. He does. Otherwise, he would not have gotten down on one knee and proposed. Don't put well. your finger on my face. I bet my She's finger on my face. I'm oh, finger not in your face. What are you mad about? I'm sick and tired of him just getting belittled and told what he needs to do all the time. Leave him the alone. He's a battered wife. Look at him. Now, to me, this is just an iconic moment in any kind of reality show history. Yeah. Uh, it's just unfortunate that I thought they really weren't going to get married. I mean, then it, to me, the writing was on the wall in this scene. So it was like so weird the next morning they woke up and everything was fine. Yeah. And like how weird was it, too, that like, I mean, Tom Sandoval is a man that is truly in touch with his emotions. And if he's crying and telling you like, dude, I really feel like you're in an abusive relationship. Like that's something that you should take into account. The whole world is saying you're being mentally abused. Yeah. I mean, fully mentally abused and he knows it like Schwartz knows it. He just knows that he can, he does not have the power to hurt this girl's feelings like he yep. thinks it would. Like he thinks it would crush Katie so bad. And like you said, he really does love Katie. Yeah. But he also wants to do – like it's got to be the weirdest form of torture for somebody like Schwartz to know he could hook up with so many people. Mm-hmm. Yet he really – he just has that guilty conscience because he does love Katie. 
so he like his way out is to get like his Hulk version of himself is to get pathetically drunk so he can do it. Like to me, that thought yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, that used to be like the most interesting thing about this show is like watching them, like the unapologetic mental health just, just on display. You know what I mean? Like from every aspect, from every angle, the, the highs and the lows and especially with them, just watching him have to cope and be hammered to cope with his relationship and then to go through with the wedding. My God. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it was so dark where it's like, how are we supposed to feel good about this? Like, how are we like, it's going to be the same thing when I see Jackson, Brittany, like, I'm going to just be like thinking about like, dude, he badmouthed you to faith. Like, yeah, he literally said you were a pig and fat to faith. Yeah. Like, I mean, how do you, how are we supposed to be like cool with it? I mean, I don't know. It, it, it blows my mind. Um, now on to a couple I'm curious your thoughts are Sandoval and Ariana. So they were rumored to have hooked up in Vegas with uh, the Sandoval Kristen thing, which we talked about. Here's Sandoval explaining how their relationship started and Kristen saying she's hurt by Ariana and Tom dating at the reunion. Let me kind of break down, the, Andy, let me kind of break down real quickly the situation. I was there for a modeling job and she was there shooting a movie, practically living out of her car. And it was my last night working a job. So I met up with her like the sun was coming up. So we just ran out to the pool. I was leaving that morning. It was like after a whole night of drinking, we just kind of kissed, whatever. And then it was like, that was it. So if that was it, why lie for so long? Because I knew if I said something that people would never believe it, just like you. So why tell Aunt Blabby here? Because everyone. Because <laughs> when I was in Vegas with Jackson, all that shit happened. I just didn't care anymore. I stopped caring and I just wanted to move on. Are the two of you dating now? Uh, you know, we've definitely been hanging out and things have been great. Okay, so you're kind of dating. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure, fine, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Thanks. I I mean it's it's been awesome. It's about time. Oh, thanks. Thank you. You seem like you're seeming a lot like a happier. She needs even set up the other day. I'm like she's so much happier. happier. Kristen, you're sitting across from the girl who kissed or hooked up with Tom multiple uh, times and lied a few times to your face. How hurt are you still? heartbroken obviously what are your thoughts on them and all all of this i mean you know it's so hard because like there's one side of me that's like i i will always think that it's like kind of shitty that Kristen knew what was going on and they'll always like live by this like unspoken thing of like they know that that, that it happened but they yeah. just don't they'll never they they can't admit it because it would just you know at this point it just has to be one of those things that's just swept under the rug but at the same time like i mean how can you not in a sea of just pure filth and trash and debauchery like how can you not look at a couple like tom and ariana and be like obsessed with them and Compl- just you know yeah com- completely i agree like i really do think I mean, it is funny to be like, man, I really like them as a couple in my, like to really, I really do feel that way. And I really weirdly look up to Sandoval in this, like, I just love, like I've said this so many times, I just really do 
love like people make fun of his passion for things but like oh, I, I would love, love i would love to like i mean i guess we have passion for this kind of stuff but like imagine if we took this passion and and put it to every part of our lives like sandoval does yeah like i, I just I, I think that's something to be celebrated in people and i know this is silly but i really i find that such a unique trait that not everybody has um the one thing i will say critical is that they're almost so perfect that I almost – it's like – I don't – you know what I'm saying? Like where it almost isn't the best reality at times because mm-hmm. you feel like they've worked out their shit. Like you're – you know, mm-hmm. even Ariana with her, you know, like she's like, ah, oh, I don't feel good all the time. So I take medicine. I go to therapy. I do – you know, like she's actively trying to do things. Like she seems like one of us, somebody tr- – you know, somebody yeah. that's basically a good person you know, is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination and wants to try to be better, you know, not necessarily yeah. the funnest reality show character then. Yeah. Like she's come to terms with a lot of the stuff about herself that she doesn't like in a way that's like admirable. And, yeah. um, I, I've always appreciated how unapologetically, uh, in, t- in tune with his emotions, Thomas, like to me, that is like, you know, people used to make fun of him, and like you said, like they used to joke about him crying or whatever. And it's like, to me, a guy, and this is coming from like a flaming homosexual. <laughs> to wait, me, wait, wait, once again, what, Troy? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'd like to make an announcement yeah, on the podcast yeah. today. I'm so oh, sorry, you guys. Crazy. I had no clue. You know, you know what? <laughs> I vet these people, but I just some, sometimes they sneak through. Yeah. A queer has snuck himself into the <laughs> podcast. Uh, But, like, you know, I've always in my life viewed men like Tom Sandoval to be the most straight men that I've ever known. Like, a guy who is not afraid to cry, not afraid afraid to be honest, and not afraid to embrace what some would consider to be, like, the feminine aspects of his personality. That, to me, is straight as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely agree. I I really – I'm completely serious when I say I look up to him. I I really – I don't, you know, the only thing that is curious too about their relationship is we had that whole season where they were saying the lack of sex. And that was shocking to me because you picture two extremely attractive people. Yeah. You like, I figured you guys are like, I mean, there's not an inch of space in the universe where you're not fucking because you're like, right. oh my God, look how hot we are. We should, we should get naked together, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was shocking. Yeah. Um, and the other thing shocking was the, Lala and Ariana hooking up in the backseat of Sandoval's car in season seven. Now, what were your opinions on this? Um, well, for one thing, let me just say, I think that they were so hot and heavy at the beginning that they just had like a lull moment, you know, like remember they were, ha- they were like bragging about having sex all the time. Yeah. That well, was true. like, I like, but you know, it's better that than have like where it's Katie Schwartz or their whole relationship is a lull moment, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like they're having a normal couple moment where it's like we literally have fucked in every room possible in L.A. Like now what? Um, But uh, as far as the hooking up thing, like, I mean, if anything, I felt kind of bad for them that it was like exploited in the way that it was because it was like obviously something that like did happen and they were just like chill about it. But then all of a sudden it became this thing that like a storyline and I can understand <laughs> the fear of being like, Oh my God, this is about to become a fucking storyline. Like not, you know, it's, it's not us like bringing it up and like joking about it over brunch. This is about to become a narrative of the season. Like fuck. But it was great. That scene where Sa- Sandoval talks to the guys about it because it is such 
a doofy. That's when you're like Sandoval is like a straight dude because he was yeah. like he's like yeah dude my girl did hook up with another girl super hot like did you get involved <laughs> did you get involved no man no I was driving I was just driving you know <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this Ariana and Lala had been out all day drinking and they're wasted they're in my car and Lala goes. Sorry, Sando. I'm just in love with your girl right now. Ariana, will you climb in the back seat? I just want to eat your What? Ariana climbs in the back, and Lala just starts going to town, dude. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Do you have a threesome? Couldn't do it. Collateral suckage. You don't think she's going to get in there somehow? Lala's a freak in the bedroom. Let's just face it at that. Definitely would have sucked your She just handstands. You know, like I love that thought, but I remember first hearing it, and like it did. Like I hate to say, like I didn't believe it at first. I was like, no, no way, because they had. I just to me, even the mechanics of it. I think once again, Troy, we're back into that Brandy Glanville Denise thing for me, where <laughs> I, I was, was like, where I was like, no way, because I like I'm literally like. When I'm in a car with people, we're just driving. At no point has ever anybody been like, hey, let me hop in this backseat and do something sexual with you. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I, I use the car to get like point A to point B. I'll listen to some music or something. I'll talk to my mom. But I've never had anything sexy happen in a car. So I'm like, <laughs> no way, dude. There's no way Tom would be able to drive a straight line and then have them hooking up. Like, And of course it did happen. And to me, I was just like, what is going on in the world that I'm just not I'm just not privy to? Like, are we all, speaking of that, all you listeners, are you guys fucking in your cars nonstop? And like, if you do, will you write to me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com? I would love to hear if everybody's just using their car as like a sex dungeon. You know, I mean, it's completely impractical. I feel like it's a it's a thing that can only happen when you are super fucked up because yeah. it's so impractical. It's like let's fuck in a tiny rectangle rectangular space with like a bunch of hard surfaces everywhere and then for me i'd be like if if i had a you know a girl hopping back to have sex with another girl i i mean in my mind like i think maybe like the first thought like oh cool but then the second thought would be like oh my god does that mean like i would do the typical guy shit of like oh my god does that mean she doesn't like me like where do i fit it like i would i would then unfortunately make it about myself i wouldn't say it out loud but i would be like oh fuck like what's going on you know natural reaction i mean like what because you're like what, what do, I, do i pull over am i yeah am i to am i to watch what am i what, what is my role in this car right now like, like i want to watch but is it all right to watch is this a private moment am i like a yeah, chauffeur yeah. am i only a chauffeur at this point you know <laughs> should do i get I, out of the car and just stand next to it for a minute or uh? <laughs> yeah, i mean do you like give encouragement like good job hey good move babe yep Dude, she looks like she's loving it babe look like she's <laughs> loving it you guys are killing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have done that, but you're doing good. Keep it up. Um, okay, so on to a big one. So Jax and Brittany, they met in May 2015 in Vegas where Jax told her the first night she should move from Kentucky to L.A. That seems like a – I bet Jax has told many people to move to L.A. Um, she did, and they were first featured as a couple in season four. They got engaged 6-8-2018, the premiere of season seven, and married – Six twenty nine nineteen, which will be airing during season eight. Before they were married, it was rumored Brittany hooked up with Kristen in season five, and then Jax admitted to sleeping with Faith in season six. Jax walked in on Brittany and uh, Kristen. Kristen was going down on Brittany. What did you say? Why would you not tell her? Kristen was going down on Brittany. You're lying. Will you just get back to work? Go ask her. 
What do you think I'm going to ask her? How was it? <laughs> I mean, if it was anybody else, I don't think I'd believe it. But Kristen chowing down on Kentucky muffin. You don't think this is kind of vaguely bizarre, really, even in your befuddled world? I feel like it's karma. I feel like it's just coming back to bite me a little bit. That's I, not I, karma, dude. Yeah, it is. If there was karma, you'd be dead right now. That's true. Jax? Yeah? How many times did it happen with Faith? Like once, honey. That's it. No, tell me the truth. I swear on my life. I have proof. Can I? I'm going to watch outside for a second. Sorry. She's here. What? Jack? Why is she there? Why is she there? Why are you setting me up? Why are you doing this? We had a, we were talking. We're working. Yes, at... but I didn't know that you actually f***ed her more than once. I didn't. I didn't do it. I, it's only one time. Jack, she's obviously not here. I would have stabbed her ass. <laughs> she's obviously not here. Oh my God! Don't do that to me. I want you to tell the truth. Don't to do that to me. Why are you believing me? I swear to God, to you. All I asked was for the f***ing truth, and you didn't give me the truth. What does it matter if I did two or three times? You're f***ing disgusting. I f***ing hate you. I would tell you if I did it two, three, four, five times. What's, what's the difference between one time and ten times? It doesn't make a difference. This changes no, everything, you piece of s***. Changes everything. I can't wait. I can't wait. I didn't do anything. You are f***ing done. You piece of I promise you I didn't do it. Shut up. I said I didn't do it. Will you stop? Will you stop? Proves to me you're not changing a damn thing. We're done. Troy, thoughts? Um, so, like, not to toot my own horn or whatever, but I will consider myself a whistleblower on Jackson Brittany. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, it was like uh, the whistleblower of the cigarettes, the Ukraine, and Troy on the Brittany and Jack's front. <laughs> it was like that billboard movie. Like, I was like, like putting billboards up in my small town like literally <laughs> years ago about Troy, Jackson Brittany. Troy's calling people like I'm working on something real big right now. Real big. If <laughs> if I go missing, go to my lockbox. Yeah. I have never and I will never believe any of Brittany's bullshit. She can take her beard cheese and shove it. I don't believe anything that comes out of her mouth. I think that all of it is a farce and I think that she's calculated and uses her good girl Southern bullshit in a way that's manipulative. And uh, I don't believe any of it. So you believe she was targeting Jax? Um, I believe all of this, the, her like not knowing who he was and whatever. I don't believe any of that. Like, I, I think that she was like, holy shit. I think that she ran home to her farmhouse and was like, you guys, I'm in a relationship with a celebrity. I'm moving to fucking Hollywood. I mean, like, she went from living in a literal like swamp to like moving to Hollywood, immediately being a cast member on a rea- on one of the most popular reality television shows of the decade. And like, I just don't buy it. Like, I don't think that she just fell into all this. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. But the, the question I keep coming back to, though, is like, at what cost and why? What's the end game? Is it like at the end of The Usual Suspects with Kaiser Soze and Kevin Spacey walks out with a limp and then gets further down the street and we see him walking straight? Like, what do we what does she get out of this? Like, what is the end game for Britney? Do you think a million ins- things that are important to Britney, a bunch of Instagram followers, oh, maybe some endorsement deals, uh, a, a, a few products that she can release to the world and, you know, fame like she. The, uh, to me, the reason that Britney has, ne- has genuinely never 
she gets angry at Jax for the stuff that he does to her. But like, even, you know, like that you brought up the video earlier of him telling Faith that she was fat or whatever. Like at the end of the day, he could literally fuck a goat in front of her and she's not going to care because she wants to be on this show and she wants to live in Hollywood and not in a swamp. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, wait, 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 by the way, we need to make a meme of Britney is the swamp thing. <laughs> But do you get what I mean? I know it sometimes I can be a little, a little (laughs) cutting or whatever, but I mean, I just don't buy it. Like, I don't, I don't think that she's forgiving Jax because she's so in love with him. Maybe now, but like at the beginning, I think she was like, I think her mom was like, girl, put up with it. Let yeah. him do whatever. I mean, like, we'll, yeah. we'll give him let a him, Hey, let you. him put, let him do butt stuff. Let's let him go. Come on. You <laughs> let know how to rein him do in. whatever. Like, um, but by the way, if you think about that, that really is Jax's Achilles heel because he, I mean, remember when she was making him like the shittiest sandwiches in the world? He's like, my girl cooks for me. <laughs> and like, he wants somebody to make him sandwiches and like that, like they still do. Like he still posts on his Instagram, like, which looks like they're making like frozen Stouffer's lasagna. And he's like, damn, I've got it good. Like he, <laughs> he's weird. Like he's, he's still that Detroit or he's from Detroit. Right. I think, or yeah. like he's still that mid, like that kind of salt of the earth people, like factory workers and stuff like that. So I think he really is still, even though been in LA so long, I think that's what he, thinks of his success is like a sandwich, a a made sandwich for him or a made meal for him that is considered caring in that culture, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think that there is a part of him that knows like that he basically can do whatever he wants and it's not going to really matter at the end of the day. Like she feels lucky to have him. So, you know, she can watch him be terrible to his friends and, fuck people over and cheat on her and call her fat and just be horrible, be fired from his job every month. And it's fine. Cause she's lucky to be there. And I feel like that's what they both feel. Just, yeah. Brittany's Brittany's uh, motto, just happy to be here. Um, yeah. Do you think what scares me though about relationships like this is cameras go off or, or the show gets canceled or something like that. And Brittany actually does, as we all do, as we get older, does gain weight, does get bigger. Like, yeah. where does this go? Like, where does their relationship go? I mean, is it really just kids? Like, and also, I i mean, to me, the kids aspect of it is just the dark. Could you imagine a couple of little couchies running around bullying oh people my and Lord. shit like that, you know? I mean, I will say that, uh, I would like to know what you think about this. I, I, I will say that I do think that she's very lucky that she met him sort of like in the transitional phase of his life of him sort of aging out of what he used to be. True. Yeah, he doesn't have the energy to do what he used to do. Yeah, like I don't think their relationship would have lasted in like 2015. No, yeah, you're you're completely dead on right and I feel like that's where I believe we I believe he'll he'll do sexual flirtation online or over the phone at some point if not already, but I don't know if we're ever going to get a full-blown cheating thing with Jax not for another 5 to 10 years because in his head I think it's like he has screwed so many people. Like he has yeah. so many, like his, his memory banks are filled with memories to like, you know, mm-hmm. but by the way, I, you know, like I do not want to see Britney's boudoir photos at all. <laughs> I don't want to see Britney's anything. I don't want to see Britney's Coles furniture. I don't want to see Britney's beer cheese logo. I don't want to see any of it. I really am just like, I'm so exhausted. And like, I really, I think the reason that I resent her so much 
is because I feel like she came into this show that I love and kind of like um, just all of a sudden it was about her being in this stupid relationship with him. And yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, wait, when, how, how, how did she get the first spinoff of Vanderpump Rules? Her? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really? Brittany, remember when we uh, reviewed it for the Huffington Post or something like that? Yeah, yeah that was crazy. Yes. Um, uh, well, you know, we missed her. I think the show missed another golden opportunity because Jax had a change of heart is that I really they were setting it up where Brittany was going to start dating people. And I really would have that was another person I oh, would have yeah. loved to have seen how she tried to stay on the show. Oh, that is something I could have gotten behind, just seeing her date other people. I was, like, kind of here for that. Well, yeah, but also because she desperately wants to be on the show. So how does she stay relevant if Jax and her were no longer there? And would have loved to have seen Jax be jealous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That was like the only time I ever really liked Britney. Yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of interesting because I believe it was Adam, Sheena's penguin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, do you believe that Brittany hooked up with Kristen? Yes. God damn it. I'm telling you, all these things are happening. Nothing has ever happened to me like this where people are like, when I've had relationships, nobody's like fucking other people while I'm in the room or walking in on it. I don't, I mean, I don't want it to be, but it's just, <laughs> um, okay. well, she can't admit it. I mean, she can't like say to her, I mean, to her like Southern mom who like very sort of openly hates gay people. Like, you know, that she, like, fucked a girl. All these you know? girls have secret gardens. I'm telling like, this is so <laughs> Um So as we wind down, I want to – so this is a big one uh, because also this taps into what we do because somebody's trying to take our throne as podcast kings is, <laughs> is Lala and Randall. Uh, Lala, of course, and uh, Randall Emmett. Lala Kent and Randall Emmett. Um, what – are your thoughts and have you listened to give them Lala with Randall's podcast that came out this week? <laughs> no, I have not listened to the podcast yet. I, I, I have it downloaded though. Do you not do. like entertainment? Troy, is it what are you, tell- <laughs> what are you telling us? What are, I don't get like you're a scholar yet. You don't listen to the number one podcast out there. <laughs> I look, um, okay. What I said earlier about like, um, Beverly Hills, Housewives being a franchise that like unveils things that are like so taboo that people maybe don't realize they're seeing. I also think Vanderpump Rules does that in a lot of ways too. And um, Lala is like Lala and Randall's relationship is something that is just so fascinating to me. It, it is. Say. It is to me too. And and the evolution of this relationship, just yeah. in terms of the public, all of a sudden, or of like them all of a sudden deciding to go very public with it, is very fascinating. Do you have any theories on their relationship? Well, for one thing, I think that Lala is one of the first ever. Um, open and honest, like yacht girls on reality TV, who's just like now. Describe what a yacht girl is to the the public. Okay, so a yacht girl is a is a, uh, a, a she could be a model, she could be an Instagram person, she could be a reality star, or sometimes a yacht girl can be like Lindsay Lohan. Who, yeah, like Lindsay Lohan is a yacht girl, somebody who's had like a ten or fifteen year career who just isn't making money anymore, but they need to you know have an income coming in. Yeah. So, like, really wealthy men from Dubai and Israel and, like, literally, like, billionaire men will 
have pay for them to just date them. Basically, I'm using quote figures. Uh, <laughs> Guys, it's very important that you know that Troy is using quote figures. <laughs> I'm trying to be PC, but uh, you know they're just paid to basically exist and and be on the arm of this guy and hang out on a yacht and just whatever. And it's not very often that people brag about being a yacht girl. It's something that's like very taboo. You don't talk about it. Like, it's like, you know, you just exist. And Lala was like, very open about it. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? I'm going to Italy to go on this yacht this week. So I can't do my, I can't do my hostess shift where I make a hundred dollars a shift. <laughs> I think we're supposed to believe she needed money at any point when she's like literally getting flown overseas to like nail rich dudes, you know? I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's also like so funny because obviously like Katie and and Sheena, when they were bullying her, like that's what they were like really wanting to say. Like, yeah, you're a prostitute kind of, but they couldn't say it, you know, because it's like it's a thing that people don't really talk about. No, it's, I mean, it's definitely taboo and it still is taboo to a degree. And like, I think if you really, I think a lot of people that's still glossed over, like you said, completely because guys listening to this, think about this. She really did that. Pull over in your cars and think about that and think about then the Randall relationship. It all makes so much more sense. She was very used to this. And on top of it, Randall is better than a chic because he's nice and they can like sit in bed and watch TV and stuff, you know, like they yeah. actually have a sort of relationship, but it is fascinating that that's how she came onto this show. And then, I mean, remember Lala then, I mean, of course the James part of it, but the, the Jacks remember that of like, Oh, I want to fuck you so bad. You know? Yeah. Of him knowing like, Oh my God, like this girl, like she's like, wild. She's wild, you know? She's, like, let a, a man do crazy shit to her, basically, is what he's thinking. And, like, you know, it's, like, when you look at this relationship, when you're watching this show, when you're – even when they're on, like, Flipping Out. Did you watch them on Flipping Out? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love you Flipping know, Out. I'm, like, a, I, I'm so bummed it's over. I love I, – Jeff, Jeff would hate me, but I love Flipping Out, yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that show, too. Yeah. And, like, watching her, like, choose their tile and shit and, like, spend his money, like – you have to remind yourself that you're watching a relationship of a girl who was like paid to be, this is pretty woman. Basically, this is literally pretty woman. Like she was paid to hang out with him and they like fell in love. God, I wonder what Lala's version of going into a storm. Like you remember me from yesterday, big mistake, big, (laughs) huge. And I wonder if the first night with Randall, she's like, I don't kiss on the lips. I don't kiss on the lips. Um, (laughs) That's no, you know, she's like DMing like, like designer brands like she's like dming prada and be like you didn't want to give me that dress big mistake huge i'm going to the oscars yeah have you ever heard of podcasts um, <laughs> yeah do, do, you, do you know what it's like to sit down next to meryl street exactly well, like well i talked about this on friday's episode was that how crazy was it that page six you know mysteriously picked up that story like you know they're paying for stories you know oh for sure 100 percent. but my so the thought is they they meet at Sir Restaurant, uh, Randall, and the thing is that Randall, you know, that's the big story is that Randall, like, got her a Range Rover and, that you know, she let him hit it the first date, right? Right. So the, the other thing is – so I, I did listen to that podcast, and what what really blew me away is that multiple times in it, Randall says what a huge fan of Vanderpump Rules was from the, the first season – and that oh, okay. he, he called Bravo and begged for 
like episodes before they aired because <gasps> him and his friends would sit and watch that and said there is they especially with season two he's like there was nothing on it at that time like this show he was obsessed wow. with it so if you think if that's true if that's to be believed randall is the one that was trying to like like then it makes because i was like why the fuck do you go to sir it's not like it's not like a great place to eat, especially if you're like a baller. You're going to be going to like STK or the Ivy or, uh, right. you know, so many different places. You don't think of Sir as that place. So I believe he was there targeting. Okay, for you guys to get serious. So we met. He came in to eat at Sir. They were having a meeting about the row. This, I met him through the row. Rand saw me and sent his assistant up to ask me if I was an actress. I told him to go to my Instagram account. That's her profile picture on Instagram. If your naked ass is your profile picture, maybe you've booked a job, but it's probably not modeling. The next day, I get a phone call that says, you have an audition. That's f***ing crazy. I had auditioned for it, and we went out, me and him, and like two of my friends, and I let him hit it the first night, and we were inseparable. He would just send me like really expensive gifts. The first night we banged, I got a car the next day. He was like, do you want a Range Rover? I was like, yeah. Is your vagina just like made of sparkles? I don't know. Wow. So do you think that he was just like watching the show, like shopping for girls? Yeah, I do. I really do. I really think that was it because he said it. Remember Lala said he had his assistant come up to me. And say, like, you know, I'll get you an apart, a part in a movie. Are you an actor? Like, that was supposedly the, the conversation. And I do feel like, you know, it's like how I go to Sir because I'm tickled by the show, you know? But I'm not, yeah. like, in a place of power and hitting on waitresses, you know? But Randall was a fan of the show and was hitting on waitresses. And I think if we're wow. in like, the timeline, if the timeline works out, Lala was on the show already, potentially. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my god, I I would never have suspected that he was like a fan of the show. Well, think about it. You know, like you know this too is that like, you know, there was certain uh type of actors and stuff like that that would model shop. They would just pick up model uh books and be like, "Okay, uh, set me up with this one and this one at agencies," you know? Mm-hmm. And also by the way, I think and this is like really, I mean, we can <laughs> this is like opening a new door, but it's like I think a lot of the reason that Jax was so, like, into her is because it's, like, he was also that person. Like, yeah, a I mean, young male yo, yo, model. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, I mean, by the way, like, you know, the dude from Miami, of course. But I bet there, I bet he had hooked up with many a lady in their late 40s, 50s. One thousand. I think, I'm just going to say that I think that Jax was willing to hook up with anybody that was, like, willing to pay him enough at a certain point. Yeah. Living yeah. in a model house as, like, a young like, you know, 20-year-old guy who's, like, super attractive. And, like, how many, like, male celebrities do you know that have that story of, like, well, I lived with this guy who <laughs> came in and he, he taught me everything. Well, and, uh, I mean, what about DJ James Kennedy's roommate, too? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, it is, like, but, I mean, that is one good thing that, I mean, I do feel like I'm growing into my looks as I get older, but I'm very thankful I was never, like, the hot thing that got offered free housing anywhere, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, I guess like, I always live compl- here if I always complain about paying rent, but I guess in the long run, I'm pretty happy with it. You know? Yeah, you saved yourself some therapy money. 
Well, then what do you think, though, as the big thing was that Lala was lying about their relationship? She said she was dating like an NBA star and that's who bought the car when all along it was Randall. So why do you think at first she was ashamed, not ashamed, but like didn't want to admit it, protect him at all costs and then flipped. And now all of a sudden he's going to be on the show after that was the thing that she got attacked for at the reunion. You know, I think that, like, at the very beginning, because it was such uncharted territory for her to almost kind of be open and honest about the fact that she was, like, being paid to hang out with wealthy men. Because she was, like, at that time trying to make it seem like, oh, like, if you're hot enough, like, guys will just ask you to come. What did she would always say? They would ask you to get on their private jet. Yeah, just have fun. Yeah. Yeah, just to have fun. And you don't have to sleep with them. And, like, that was, like, always her thing. So it was, I'm sure it was, like, terrifying for her, this, like, girl from fucking utah who doesn't know anything about anything to have this guy who works with martin scorsese you know it's like (laughs) did i talk about him on this reality show or like are people gonna dig up stuff and embarrass him or make it you know he'll lose his career like she was really playing with fire honestly yeah but she seems like she pops off so much that i i don't even know like i just can't believe she would even be able to trust herself to keep that secret that's true, but Lala's popping off as all performative. And, oh, and, totally, yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you're dead on right. She knows, like I said, like she's so good with the sound bite. She knows what. I mean, sometimes to an annoying degree, she like inserts herself into scenes and like goes off and stuff. Where I'm like, uh, we, yeah, we've, you know, I'd, what I'd love to see you do is listen. You know. Yeah, that'd be amazing for you to not be, like, giving a full speech right now to the camera. What I was saving you, I was wanting to save you for, like, uh, Randall's first appearance, but I don't know when that's coming because he's obviously on this season. But, like, what do you – I mean, we've seen him on Flipping Out. I've I've watched some of his Instagram videos where he's like, happy Tuesday. Let's get this, you guys. Like, he's always positive. (laughs) What do you – do you think he's going to have that same presence? When Are we going to see any kind of real storylines coming out of them? I think that people I, – because I know there's a lot of people who, like, didn't see them on Flipping Out, and I think that they'll be shocked because I was – I don't know about you, but I was blown away by how passive and submissive Randall was to Lala. Well, I I mean that's where I felt like, oh, this is a real relationship. I mean I was like, holy shit. Like she tells him what to do, when to do it, where to go, and I think Jeff was also like – so I don't even have to talk to him. I just talk to you, and then he yeah. Just- and Lala was like, "Well, I guess we can't do the kitchen yet, but I'll I'll get him on board. Don't worry." You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was crazy. So I I feel like people will be really shocked by it. Like th- their dynamic that you know they're not only are they equals, but like if anything, she like talks down to him a little bit. Now, my other theory, though, and I don't know if this holds any weight for you, is that the appearance of Randall, their relationship being more public. Do you think it has anything to do with, like, maybe Randall's not as solvent as he would want us to believe financially? Totally. I could totally, totally see that. Like, in a way, so this is going to be a tricky tightrope for them to walk because Randall still, like... And by the way, like, let's... Randall was, like, one of, like we said, 30 producers on The Irishman. But, like, he's not known for making good films on a regular. He's he's known for making shitty films, but he he makes a lot of them. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not known for, like... So I think it's a really interesting time for this to happen because I imagine film-wise he wants to get into that Oscar kind of material. Like he really sees himself that's a really good pivot for him. Mm -hmm. But like I find that interesting to think then like what does the reality – like you would think you would want to stay off the reality show then. I don't – 
Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I didn't really think about that. I'm. It's it's weird, especially because like him being on this show could go really bad for him. That's exactly because. Remember when Patrick was with Stasi, and that went very bad for. I mean, I don't know why all those years Patrick f- fought coming on, and then he decides to come on, and he literally looks like the most oh. gross, chauvinistic, idiotic, ugly, yeah. um, uh, gaslight. I mean, everything wrong about a man. I think came off in Stasi's Patrick. Why did Patrick agree to go on the show, knowing that that's who he was? Or like, did he think that yeah. everybody's going to be like, "Fuck, Patrick's." where it's at man that guy's cool i think it's probably more that like he's you're just such a narcissist that you think like they're gonna love me (laughs) i would love this i would love has anybody talked to him about what his experience was and like it what the fallout was after that like i wonder what or if he's just one of those dudes that like doesn't give a shit i can't even imagine i mean I, i guess like maybe because his he had a fan base already of like sports guys so none of them care yeah. You know, but then it's at the same time he has this whole other side of like the world now that thinks like you said that he's just like this gaslighting piece of shit, you know, verbally abusive asshole who doesn't respect women. Yeah. I don't know. But so the Randall thing will be interesting because he's coming on this season. I just think like the all the private jets and all of this stuff I feel like that's all image and like you saw in flipping out when he really was concerned about how much things were costing. Mm-hmm. Like I just wonder if that's more the reality of that situation and the private jets are more of just like I create the myth of Randall and not the reality of Randall. Yeah, I agree with that. That'll oh my god, I can't wait for him to come on the show. I cannot wait to watch him interact. I just want to see him have a conversation with Sheena. I feel like he probably like has propositioned Sheena or like thought about maybe doing it. Cause Sheena looks like a yacht girl too. Let's see those nipples, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I just, I mean, I don't know. It's that's whole thing's fascinating. Like, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know if I ever, I don't know if I'd ever feel okay paying for a girl. Like, and no, even if she ended up loving me, I just don't know if that would, if I would ever be able to fully, like they're they're working on different dynamics than we ever could in relationships because yeah. he has to accept that like oh at the end of the day I can't really ever trust her. Mhm. Does mm-hmm. that make sense or like do you not believe that? Um it's hard to say. I I mean I definitely think that there's like a weird dynamic with them where it's like he has to think like does she even really is she just a really good actor? Like, is she just, like, the most incredible actor? Like, does she really love me? You know what I mean? And I think, obviously, now, like, that's been proven, like, after her dad died. Yeah, I've seen her in the row. Is she just that good of an actor? (laughs) Is she just so in tune with her emotions that she can tap in and out whenever she needs to? Damn it, Lala, you're good. No, I mean, I I just find that, I guess, in a deeper relationship, are we, you know, which one of our relations? I mean, that's very... I think with all relationships, you have trust issues. I just wonder what their trust issues are when yeah. the conceit of the whole relationship was, I paid for you. Yeah, like we had a contractual thing happening. And yeah, now like, like, when, like, like when you get into a fight, you shout out like, I paid for you. Don't forget that. <laughs> Probably. Honestly, I would guess, yeah. Um, like there has to have been a moment where he was like, don't ever get it twisted and think that like I didn't pay for you. Yeah. I mean, so as we wrap up, the last thing I do want to bring up, and I don't think this is a huge conversation, even though I think it's one of the most mystifying relationships that still has yet to be explored in any kind of real way, is DJ James Kennedy and Raquel Levis. 
Oh God! <laughs> I just I, I just don't even know where to start because I know I just I I really like Raquel. I think I really I mean I really I really admire that she's been able to stick in there with all the shit thrown her way. But also DJ James Kennedy's like literally said like like there's proof that he I love DJ James Kennedy, but there's proof that he cheated. And he literally convinced her that like there was like some George Lucas like you know imagineering like thing like oh they can they can you know fake text messages and stuff like that you know like had like she's supposedly a smart girl yet I I mean what's what's your take on them? I mean I think that their whole relationship like hinges on the fact that she is like in Candyland you know like that she is just like not on the same universe that we she's not operating at the same level that we are. Uh, I, I just, I, I, but I want to see that more in action then. Like, I want to see her not in a dramatic scene with her and DJ James Kennedy, but I want to see her have a fight break out around her and see how she interacts within that fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I like, we we'll yeah. see if she like, does she ever go like, you guys, are you like, does she ever throw herself in between a fight? Does she ever like point out somebody else do like, or does she stay this pristine Cinderella underneath a glass, you know, object? I think so. I don't think that she gets, I don't think that she's really good at, I don't, here's the thing. I don't think that Raquel is reserved because she's like, you know, worried about like her image. I think that she genuinely can't, make the she can't think fast enough to keep up with like an argument like i don't i don't think that she can express herself like you know what i mean even like the little tiny arguments that they've gotten in on the show it's like it's such a struggle like it takes everything in her to respond to him you know what i mean it just feels like i don't know like she's not like i I really do want to see how their relationship works on I don't even know if we're ever going to see it on a reality show, but I just like, I want to see how it works in real life. You know, like, do you just, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. That whole thing is fascinating. And it, God, I wish they would do like mime exercises where you like in the mirror, like waving hands at each other, like Raquel (laughs) to the left, to the right. Like, uh, uh, hi, you, I know you. Um, uh, so, Troy, that is actually – I've taken up so much of your time today, and I know you're all podcasted out, but what, what is coming up on this mushroom? Um, what is happening? Then if I have anything that I need to, like, plug. I mean, I'm exploring more of this, like, long-form stuff because I really like doing that. Like, uh, I, I tested it with Charlie Sheen, and then I did, like, a three-part Britney and Justin series that was, like – kind of fun how do, and then, you break, how do you break down what goes into each one i mean do you did you go into the beyonce knowing it was five parts or did it just happen to be five parts because you kept talking honestly i was like this there's no way that this could be any more than three because if like if you think about it it's like there's so many chapters to their relationship they've been dating for 20 years you know uh so i was like this won't be any more than three like i'll be able to finish it and then like on part three i hadn't even like really gotten to like lemonade which is like the whole fucking thing and i was like fuck god damn it you know what i mean so i didn't know it was gonna be that long but i really liked it and then i thought people would maybe be tired of it but it no, seemed like they loved it I mean, they yeah like it. it was fine i was like all right well maybe i'll keep doing this i can't guarantee that everybody i talk about will deserve five hours of conversation but i like that long form stuff i think isn't it funny though to deal with like uh podcast audiences and being 
scared of what they will or won't like. You know? like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll find myself yeah. like, oh, I wonder if this plays at all or I wonder if this, you know, I wonder it – is, it is like this weird pressure sometimes of like you want people to like, oh, if I go down this weird path, will somebody follow me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I've had moments where I'm like, this is it. They're going to yeah, die. They're going to be so excited. Uh, there's millions cares. of podcasts and they're going to kick me out of podcasting world, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and by the way, and we've done two together of this mushroom. Um, yeah. I know we did the uh, the Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher, and we did the Justin Timberlake, Cameron Diaz. So uh, oh, yeah. fans of mine, go back and check those episodes out. I believe you can get them on um, Apple Podcasts, right? Oh, yeah, they're still available. They're on Apple Podcasts or on Patreon. They're uh, good. Emotionally that, Broken Psychos Patreon, correct? Yeah, and that to me more one is still like, I love it. I remember I, I was in, I was visiting like Portland at the time and I was doing it in a <laughs> hotel room and I was like, yeah. And it was like when I was like right before I quit smoking again. So I was like, just smoking heaters, talking about Demi Moore and like just like a real man does. And. <laughs> Um, I know. I always say, like, when I record, I made this joke to you that, like, when I record with people, like, me and that person have this weird, like, connection with that celebrity because, like, you've now done hours of research about Demi Moore and, like, you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. had, like, this weird thing. So I kept, like, tagging you and Demi Moore stuff after. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. What is this picture of her from 1999? <laughs> no, I'm, as I'm, the, I'm, like, the person that loves that. I'm like, fuck. Well, I do get scared now when I get tagged on Facebook sometimes because I'm like, this could be – I like, I'm like, uh-oh. Hope this is good, uh, like, good, not bad. And then – I know. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, Troy, I'm always around. If you ever need anybody, you are one of my favorite people to podcast with. And I really do miss you, dude. And, like, I hope you'll – I hope you'll consider coming on here again uh down the line for something else because you're just guys if you don't and i know most of you do already but go listen to this podcast i i think one of my favorite things about doing this is actually turning people on to stuff they should know about and don't i know most of you probably know troy already but if you don't i'm telling you check this out this is your jam so uh where can we find you on social media um, well, my podcast, again, is called The Smushroom, S-M-U-S-H, and it's on uh, Stitcher and iTunes and all the things. Um, and you can find me on everything at Troy McKeady, T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Now, any truth to the rumors that you are gay? <laughs> no, damn it. Yeah. Okay, good. No, I just and you'll be it. hearing from my publicist soon, so no. Uh, I love you, Troy. Thank you so much, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Bye. That was the one, the only, Troy McKeady. I love him. Check out his podcast if you have not. It is a true joy to listen to. So you guys, this is where I would normally do the Bailey Blunder. But we don't have a Bailey Blunder until Friday. But what we do have is we have a listener blunder. We have a listener Bailey Blunder. This is... We're popping the cherry. This is this is the first one. This is so exciting. I'm so happy to not have to reveal something stupid that I did. I mean, I pretty much do that the entirety of every episode. But this is from a listener, and I am so thankful. I'm so excited. I want to show you guys that this isn't painful. We're just going to read through his or her story, and then I'll make some comments. I might make some comments throughout. I'm, but it's going to be, this is going to be great. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Bailey blunder, not me. Okay. In high school. Okay. I can already picture it. That's amazing. It starts in high school. In high school, my boyfriend and I had been together about a year 
when we start. <laughs> By the way, I okay. When we started talking, okay, you guys, as I say often, if there's kids around, I know a lot of you are mothers. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe give the kid some ice cream money and tell them to run down the street, but like with a friend, not just by themselves. Um, okay. So in high school, I'm going to be like, I'm getting all close to the mic and stuff. Okay. Okay. Is everybody gone? Okay. In high school, my boyfriend and I had been together about a year committed. That's me talking. When we started talking about anal. Dude, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if every guy or girl's like that, but like anal, I just like giggle. Like I'm like, oh, that's like butt stuff, you know? Uh, okay, she she says we had already taken each other's virginity around the three month mark of our relationship. Valentine's Day, gross. Oh my god, you guys, Shh. they lost their virginity on Valentine's Day, the most romantic day of the year. And I am like, so what I'm picturing with that, and I know she doesn't probably want me to reenact, like, but like, that's like a big deal. That's like chocolate and roses and then giving away your virginity. That's, but that's really romantic too. But around the three month mark. So they've been dating about a year. So nine months have passed. So they figure, so she goes, three month mark of our relationship, Valentine's Day, gross. So we figured, why not? Dude, I, I remember losing my virginity and it definitely wasn't like, Hey, when's anal on the table? Like I didn't even like, I thought anal was something like in like, I don't know. Anyways, at the time my mom was having my stepdad repair the balcony off the master bedroom in our house, which sounds like just that almost scares me right there. Because if I, if I had a wife and she asked me, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like I would be like, I don't know. I don't know how to fix anything. So one day when I figured my stepdad was at Home Depot, my mom was at work and our live-in housekeeper was running air for errands. My boyfriend came over and we were going to try anal. But like, I love the thought of this is like, so one day when I figured my stepdad was at Home Depot, you know, it's time for anal, right? Like that, I love that that's the time. For some reason, Matt and I thought the couch in the living room was the prime spot. Oh my God, you didn't eat like not. What about the bedroom being a prime spot? Like the family room, the family room couch where you guys all watch programs together where you watch must see TV. Oh my God, you watch friends at this couch. Okay, so for some reason, Matt and I thought the couch in the living room was the prime spot. We were so wrong. I can't tell you how wrong we were. I think she's going to tell us. Um, the living room had doors that led out to the patio. And should I be playing sexy music underneath? Should I be playing something with like sax music? Like, like. Um, the living room had doors that led out to the patio and a door that led out to the garage. Okay, so the living room had doors that led out to the patio. I can see that and a door that led out to the garage. Okay, you could also see the living room when you walked through the front door. I paint this picture so it's understood that we were not hidden away. We might as well have been on a stage with a spotlight. So this, I, okay, this is me talking again. This is like, what? At, like, 
Why? Why not be completely hidden? Was that part of the excitement? Like, we'll try anal, but we'll also try the excitement of, like, we might get caught, you know? Like, what is that? Anyways, we start making out, then hands, then oral. By the way, this is fascinating. Like, we start making out, then hands, then oral. Like, I love this because I didn't know, like, the progression here. Like, I'm writing that down. I'm taking a mental note that you make out, then hands, then oral, then anal. Then it was go time. Now, I grew up in a small beach town, where that sounds nice, where the houses are all stacked right next to each other. So as I was, oh, oh, oh my God. So, so as I was getting on all fours, oh, I heard a car door slam. I assumed it was my, I, don't, I assumed it was my neighbor as our houses were all so close to one another. So Matt, oddly. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, people, brace brace yourself. This is the 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 written word here. So <laughs> as our houses were all so close to one another. We're adults, we can talk about this kind of stuff. So Matt So Matt <laughs> So Matt <sighs> So Matt oddly slid right in. Oh my god. This is my new do you have your computer with you is Matt oddly slid right in. <laughs> Matt uh, this might be too gross for everybody. I'm so sorry. But I, I really appreciate you writing in. So Matt oddly slid right in. Oh my god. And we both were getting kinda loud. See, this is hard because like I do have I have follow up questions. Like I now I kind of want to interview her and be like, where why, where was the noise? Like, what What was getting loud about it? Like, is it like, is it in? Yeah, it's in. Or was it like, oh my God, this feels amazing. Or what, like, I mean, like, loud how? Like, I mean, from what I understand, like, anal can be very painful. Like, like, ah, like, I don't know. Like, it just, like, what kind of ruckus are you making? Like, are you beatboxing? Is there, like, are, is there music playing? So all of a sudden, ooh. I heard a card. Okay, so Matt oddly slid right in, and we both were kind of getting loud. All of a sudden, by the way, can I stop and say, it is so, like, I think I'm really doing the right thing with my life. This is so exciting. If I could go back and tell my 13-year-old self that I would someday be reading, I would explain what a podcast was to a 13-year-old, but then I would be like, one day I would be on my own podcast reading a very sexy story about anal. Like this is, I mean, it doesn't, does it get better than this? I don't, I don't know if it does. Um, so, so Matt oddly slid right in and we both were kind of getting loud. All of a sudden, the door that leads to the garage that I'm, <laughs> that I'm facing on all fours with, <laughs> with my boyfriend's dick in my ass flies open. Oh my God. My step, oh, my stepdad is standing there slack-jawed, <gasps> realizes what he's seen, and slams the door shut. Oh. <gasps> oh. Oh. Sorry, this is the first time I'm reading this. I, 
well, cause I, like I read the first paragraph and I was like, just happy to get something, but I didn't read it cause I wanted it to be fresh for you guys, you know? And now I'm just like, Oh, this is so painful to read. Um, my stepdad is standing there slack jawed. I can picture that realizes what he's seen and slams the door shut. Like in his, like, I wonder if he was like, okay, I just walked in on my stepdaughter having sex. But then I wonder if he was like, Oh, also it's anal. Um, I wonder if he, I immediately try and sit down and Matt screams as I bent his dick and I scream because his scream scared me. Now this actually does seem to be loud ruckus. I hear a car, my stepdad's, oh, <gasps> I hear a car, my stepdad's truck start up and the garage door closed. <gasps> oh, like I wonder if the stepdad like went driving around town just like having to like shake it off. Turns out my stepdad had been working in the garage the whole time, and I had no idea, as Matt and I had gone through the front door when we got to my house. No pun intended. Ha <laughs> ha. Matt and I got dressed. <gasps> I grabbed a bag of frozen peas for his dick, and we left. Like, what happened to the frozen peas? By the way, I talk about a reality show museum. We should do a podcast museum. If we can get that bag of frozen peas, this is my very first Bailey Blunder story that's not by me. I would love to get that bag of frozen peas for my museum. My stepdad has always been a laid-back, chill guy. He and I never discussed what he saw. <gasps> I have no idea if he ever told my mom. She passed away two years after this. I'm very, that's, I'm very sorry. But I'm guessing he didn't, as there were never any repercussions. How is there going to be re- repercussions? Do you... I mean, how? How is there going to be repercussions? Like, what is the... What's the going punishment on anal? Like, teenage anal? What's that... Like, what is the punishment? To this day... It's never been discussed, and I'm so happy to keep it that way. Oh, my God. That's the, that's, this reminds me of the story I told, like, ep, like, 10 episodes, 12 episodes ago of when I was dry humping that girl in high school, and the girl's mom walked in, or, like, I didn't know she walked in, so she just must have seen me, like, us, like, going to town dry humping each other, or I was dry humping her. And, like, I I was never able to really face her mom again. And this was the seven-year girlfriend that I had. Like, I can't imagine if it was anal. Like, I would I would move. I would, like, change identities. I would swap out identities and just go far away and just, like, just stare at the ocean, just wondering, like, why God had intended this, you know, for me to go through this kind of pain that I'd caused others. Oh, my God. We need to contact this stepdad and like, because my, my big question is, did he realize it was anal? By the way, I feel like I should say anal, not anal, because anal is probably classier and like, it's more, you know, it's not as dirty. No wonder my nephew's not allowed to come on the show. Um, but anal, like anal, like first off, I have so many follow-up questions. Was this the last time then you had anal? I mean... I would then not ever be able to have honor again because I'd be so scared. How was your boyfriend's penis? How long did you guys stay together after this? Was honor off the table? I mean, all fours too. Like, it's just, it's just, and I guess this is like, I mean, this is probably, but like, when does a girl decide? Like, is it just, how like guys are always going to put their penis anywhere. That's just, that's a fact. Like that's just, unfortunately guys are just idiots. And like, they'll like, I'm trying to think of like, I, you know, like remember, I don't know. Do girls get like this 
where you're like so horny you can't see straight. Like I remember when I was a teen, like there were just times where I'm like, I'm so horny. Like, like I would remember just be like, oh my God. Like I, you know, I mean, I talked about that in the interview with Troy. I like made a whole like boner jams. Like, see, I was so horny and like that kind of dissipates a little bit as you get older. I mean, you know, but like are girls like that too? Like I'm, I'm not joking around. Like do girls like, are they like, oh my God, I'm so horny. Like not in that kind of way but you know like and is it is it different for every woman that like if they decide that anal's on the table or not like I mean you know it just seems like that's a very personal thing so I'm so glad that you wrote in about it um so see guys that wasn't tough you can write in your stories and this was a big one you know this was a big story a big personal story and I'm so sorry that Sherry Hernandez from Kobe. No, I'm just joking. That's not her name. Um, uh, but thank you so much. Um, that that was, I. That really is a blunder because you know that's the deal. You know, we're all so weird with our little you know peccadillos and things that like you know. You know, it's like that's the other thing I think about too. Everybody's like. Oh, like Jax from Vanderpump Rules, like always like I'm into feet, you know, like or like people are into weird shit, you know, like I'm not into weird. Sh- like, does everybody are they I mean, I'm into weird shit in my personal life. Like I like I think I could still be Batman if I worked hard enough, you know, like I have weird thoughts like that, but I don't have weird like sexual thoughts. Like I like boobs and butts like that's like the normal thing, I think, you know, but it's not like I'm like dress up like this, you know, like I've tried. Um, I, you know, I, there's a couple times I've tried like, uh, role play and it's just hard though, because like, as an actor, you're just like, this isn't real. Like, this is not real. I can't really get into it. I want to crack up. Like I can't take it seriously, you know, because I just, it's the whole situation silly. Like, but I wish I had some, I mean, uh, not something too weird, but I wish I was into something weird that it's like, but like, you know, like you've, you always hear those stories of like, oh, this guy's into like being peed on or peeing on people. Like that's a weird thing. No offense. And it, it, by the way, if you're into that, I'm just saying it's weird from the outside point of view. It, it might be totally normal to you, which is great. Like that's I'm definitely not any kind of sex shamer, but I'm just saying like, I, not that I'm vanilla. Like I want to, I would want to please somebody, you know, but I don't know. Well, I just realized I've really gotten, off uh, course. So, anyways, thank you so much. Please write in your own stories to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. They are coming in, so I'm very excited about that. Okay, so what do we have next? You guys, this actually, this is why I love that I do, I don't love because it's very stressful, but I do these episodes really. You know, they're they're prepped, but then I do that, like this is all edited the night before you hear it. So that's bad for my personal life. Good in the sense that this just happened. And this ties in with Vicky and Tamara leaving the OC. Tonight, Andy Cohen went live on Instagram. And guess who he picked? Like, so you can go live on Instagram and then, like, uh, you can put, like, push a button to be like, oh, you know, Ryan wants to talk to Andy. And Tamara wanted to talk to Andy. And Andy accepted the invite. So what I'm about to play for you is their very weird, awkward, funny Instagram live conversation. Tamara Barney, former, oh, that feels good to say, 
former Real Housewives of Orange County housewife. Oh, former, former Real. <laughs> That's you love to see it. You love to see it. I probably am not going back to real estate, but I have to renew my license every four years, and I always do it because I always are looking for a backup plan. You know what? You're smart. Yeah. You're smart. Yeah. Well, listen, this is the smart thing about you. You always had other businesses going the whole time. I do. And thank God for being a CBD. Or I would be sitting in front of Costco with a sign saying, Andy Cohen fired me. I will work. I will. No, I won't work. Just give me money. Where, where um, listen, yeah. um, where can people buy the CBD? Vena CBD, V-E-N-A-C-B-D.com. Very easy. Vena CBD. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you heard from other housewives this weekend from other cities? Not well, of OC course I am. All the OGs are shaking in their boots thinking they're going to get fired, too. <laughs> you know Ramona called me twice, so. What did she say? Oh, she just was like, I love you. You know, you're, you're good best wishes. I can't believe this is happening. It's crazy. And I'm like, you know what? 12 years is a long ride. It's a really, really long ride. Well, listen, you sent me a really great, what was the, you quoted Dr. Seuss today to me in a text. And I loved the quote. And I was like, as challenging of a transition as this is, I was like, if Tamara can grasp onto this quote, I thought it was very beautiful. What you said, say what you said. I forgot. Are you kidding? <laughs> it was about it was about not crying about leaving, but being happy from where I I, I can't remember it. Yet. It was something about don't cry for whatever, but be happy that you have the experience. Right. Don't cry that it's ending. Be happy that yeah, you, you that know, it happened. I don't that know. It happened. I now I need to look it up. It's a really good it's a really good line. But that's okay. but that's the sentiment. Don't don't cry that it. I have, let me no, ask you this. Are I there... have so many opportunities. I have two businesses, two houses. I, I'm, you know, I, I went through a shit storm, but like. Well, by the way, it also made you rich. Yes, very rich. I'm a rich bitch, Andy. <laughs> also, you, let's see, would you have met Eddie if you had not been on the show? Don't cry no. because no. it's over. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That's Do it. You do you think you would have met Eddie? Um, no. Really? No, no, because a lot of people don't know this, but because they didn't show this scene, but I met Eddie when Simon and I were getting divorced and they fit, well, we weren't getting divorced yet. We were separating. And I went to go look at his house, possibly to rent it because I needed a place to live. Right. Wow. They, they, they filmed it season three or no. My third season, so, so season six, or season five. And um, it ended up, he had sent me a message saying on Facebook saying that he would really like to get to know me. And I wrote him back, I'm married, leave me alone. And then a year later, no, no six months later, I saw him again and I was single and we started dating. Wow. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, when we went to... Shoot, that was Eddie at the house? Yes. We have footage of you meeting yes. Eddie? Yes. Did we ever show that? No. Okay. I don't, well. no, wait, wait. I take that back. You might have shown it. We I, had I can't to remember. I, I, I can't. That's, 
that feels like something I would have seen. That's like history. Like, I feel like I it's know. something I would have seen 10,000 times. Now, why did you unfollow everyone, including me? Oh, because... I heard today you unfollowed everybody, including me. No, I actually did that when I got the news. So I got the news. I was camping. I had no reception whatsoever. I, know. I had I had gotten a phone call or a text message a couple um, hours before I left before I left for my camping trip, saying that I have a production meeting. We're going full force. I know you haven't gotten your contract. You know, so I thought, okay, I'm good. I'm good, right? So I go camping. I have zero reception, and um, I had to go check on Sophia. She was with her dad. So I drove down the street and. I got a, a text message from product from production saying call me and I was I was a little bit like in shock and because I knew it was gonna be a shit storm, I didn't wanna read about it. I didn't wanna see it, I didn't wanna be any hurt than I already was. So I unfollowed everybody. It was just like my instinct. I just I got it out of sight, out of mind, I don't have to see it. But now I'm good, I've accepted it. Well um, listen. I, you know that we're, I keep telling you we're like the mob and I keep telling, I mean, we're already asking you to do stuff with us. So I know, you are like the fucking mob. And also, I just want to point out, and it yes. is true, that you have mentioned stepping away in the past. So it's not like this was, you have, this has come out of your voice. Yes, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm, <sighs> I'm going through some difficult times right now. And it was best for me to to step away so I can deal with it on my own. I feel my like, I, I have to say, I feel like, and we'll talk about this more this. offline, but I yeah. feel like, I it feel was, like you, there's something about this that is going to play out the right way. And it's yeah. something that I texted you the other day. Right. And we'll talk about that later, but I'm telling you that there's some something right now. <laughs> there, what'd yeah. you say? I just need a little bit of privacy in my life. Yeah, right I got it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's, you know, you have, and I will say, and it's one of the things that I've loved about you all these years is that you put everything in front of the camera. You, everything that you've ever had going on, uh, has been a part of the show and has been a part of our lives. So, that's you know, and the other thing is anyway, so we are like the mob. You are. We will we are like the mob, and you know we're gonna be like, um, Tamara, can you come to BravoCon? Um, Tamara, <laughs> I need you on Watch What Happens Live. I'm very busy, Andy. I'm very busy. By the way, <laughs> I have a feeling I'm you'll. So I have I will, a. I will always be there for you, whatever. By the way, I was gonna say, I have a feeling you'll let us fly you to New York occasionally. I think so. By the way, to be the bitch in the chair who comments on the other people for once. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> but you know what? I. You know. I got paid to talk shit about other people. In my real life, I don't talk shit about people. So I, I just don't. I probably, well, maybe just a little what, bit. What you talking about, Willis? Right? Well, I have to tell you one thing. Eddie's very happy that I'm not going to be showing my tits on TV anymore. I was going to say, for a later time, I was going to point out that um, I have ma I made out with you on New Year's Eve. I've seen your tits so many times. Like, oh, oh God, Eddie just walked in. Can we not have this conversation now? <laughs> I was, I was gonna. Hey, Eddie. Say hi. Hey, how are you, Andy? Do you do you hate me or do you love me? I love you. <laughs> he's he's so happy. <laughs> I know he is. I know he is. No, but I was gonna say, Tamara, I've gotten further with you than most women than almost anybody. <laughs> She's easy. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, my God. Yes, wow. Thank you. I I'm am easy. But I'm not cheap, Andy, and that's no. why I got fired. Oh, you're not cheap. Oh, no, you're not cheap. You're not cheap. No, I'm not. I'm not. Have you, have you spoken to Vicky? Um, all the time, daily. Yeah. I just yes. texted her, and I said, there's nobody I'd rather be with going through this than you. Yeah. So we, we're neighbors. We we're talking this through. It's you know, it's, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a death. It's, I've been in the Bravo family for twelve years now, you, and I'm, you still are. So that was Andy Cohen speaking to Tamara Barney, the newly ex-housewife, a real housewife of Orange County. I played that entire interview just because I thought it was fascinating, and most people aren't going to even know that existed. So fans out there, I want you to hear that because that's amazing. That's like a Watch What Happens Live exclusive and it was on IG Live. Amazing. So my takeaways from that, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, is that Andy Cohen is a fucking pimp. He is so good at that. Like He is so good at being relaxed. He feeds into their egos, but at the same time, he can be lightly firm he makes it seem like their idea, like that moment of like, Tamara, even you said you wanted to step away at times. You've said it like that's genius because we all know Tamara's said it just like because she like potentially was trying to threaten, not real like thinking she had the upper hand. But I love that he can throw it back in there lightly. And I, I I'm curious if Tamara really is dealing with something personal or that's another way to like when she kind of teared up. I wonder like she's I just <coughs> I wonder if that's. Just another reason of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this whole other thing's going on that you don't know about. And if if you did, you would totally realize why, you know, this is fine that this is happening. But, yeah, of course it's like a death. Of course all of that stuff. But Tamara also is one of those people that you give her enough rope, she'll she'll put her foot in her mouth. She will totally do it. The fact that her and Vicky are talking to each other every day, like that just seems like hell. That seems like my version of hell is just having to talk to Vicky and Tamara every day. No offense. And I do have to remind the listening audience that earlier, like I think 12 episodes ago or something, I talked about a Tamara sex dream that I had that I was ashamed of. I was ashamed of. And she had a weird belly button in it like she did in real life. And I was ashamed. And I was, I'm not attracted to her in like my real everyday life, but in the dream I was. Talk about your mind betraying you. But I love that interview. And it just, I... I I don't know. I think everybody kind of loves Andy Cohen, right? I know he's, is he problematic at all? But I just love how he handles things. He just does it so well. And those ladies kiss his ass, want his attention so bad. It's like, that's like Peter the Bachelor that I talk about. Like, they need their Andy fix. And if they get their Andy fix, if Andy shines his light on them, they're okay. So I believe that conversation needed to be had. I think Andy did her a favor by letting it be public or on IG at least. Uh, and I was kind of disappointed that Andy said that uh, she's still in the family and that they're already doing stuff with her. Didn't want to hear that. Like, I, by the way, doing stuff with, I, like, I hope that, like, means, like, carrying cable or something, you know, not, like, something very menial. But that was an exclusive. I mean, other shows might have it, but that's an exclusive on my show. And this will be out tomorrow, so that's pretty quick turnaround. So you guys... There, you know, as we're nearing the end of the show here, I had a couple more segments. It is too long into this episode to do that, so I'm going to push that to Friday. Uh, Friday's episode, I'm going to be doing a solo recap of The Bachelor. Um, I would do a guess, it's just I don't have time and my mom's coming in town, so I'm going to do a solo of that. But I have an hour or hour plus interview with a friend about a very funny topic, um, a very personal topic, a, a topic that you guys might 
relate to in a certain way, but I don't know. But I, I really, I had this conversation a couple weeks ago and I banked this interview. Um, and I'll tell you why I banked it on Friday. I just uh, banked. It means I just saved it for later. Um, but I'll tell you why on Friday's episode. And I think you'll be amused why I saved it, but I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, and I'll have a solo bachelor recap and that'll just be me and you guys talking. And then I've got a couple great segments, Maybe one involving the cast of Cheer, my favorite show on Netflix, my favorite reality show right now of all, um, and maybe one story that has a very distinct uh, lineage to Carol's vibrator necklace. That's all I'll say. So that's if that's not a huge tease for Friday's episode, I mean, I don't know what is. But in the future, we do have a lot of crazy guests coming up. We have Ronnie and Ben from Watch What Crappens. We have Laura Marie Shanehalls coming back on. We have mainly Bravo, the uh, the Instagram account. Um, we have uh, Oh No Bravo, the Instagram account coming on. We, I mean, there are so many people coming on. You guys, also, I wanted to point out real quick, too, I was on Man. Andy Slutsker's, um, I don't, I think I'm saying that right. Her podcast, Is This Real Life? I strongly suggest you talk uh, to listen to it. It was so fun. I had such a blast. Uh, I thought I was going to be on Annabelle DeSisto's podcast this week, but I'm actually on this upcoming Sunday. So I wanted to plug that. Um, uh, yeah. So all of that, please. Thank you guys so much. You, you, I'm still on the charts on iTunes or Apple podcasts, and that makes me feel really good. Sorry if this is all over the place today, you guys. I'm a little, I'm a little worn out. Um, so, I am ending the show right now, and I wanted to end the show with uh, with some good news. Actually, I mentioned on the show a couple uh, a couple weeks ago um, that uh, I was talking to a listener online, and she had, you know, her mom uh, has cancer. Her mom has cancer, and uh, that's horrible. But uh, her mom was going through uh, another thing with uh, with cancer, and I just got news from her today, and I was so happy to hear this. Her name is Emily, and uh, she wrote, the oncologist's office called mom and said the spot they did the biopsy on is benign, no cancer, just thick breast tissue and calcification. Just letting you know, hope all is well. Um and I wrote her back, and she said, "Ah, oh, you know, thanks so much. She just gotta gotta get her surgery to get the already diagnosed cancer out, and she does radiation, and then she's in the clear. Thank you so much, my mom, Robin, and I love listening to your podcast. So, Robin and and Emily, thank you guys so much for listening. I think, if anything, we can all agree that this podcast cures cancer. I think, I think we can say that now. I think, without a doubt, without hesitation." This is a great form of treatment. No, but in all seriousness, my mom has uh, is going through this, has gone through this, and I wish nothing but the best. You know, cancer is such an evil fucking mutated thing in our bodies, and I hate that we all have to experience it at some point, whether it be with us or with our family members. So I am so happy. This makes me so happy to hear. So, God, you know, sometimes there are victories. Sometimes we have wins, like I was talking about earlier with Watermelon and being asked to dance at his, his junior high. So, you guys, we are here to all support each other. Um, we are a little team, and I don't even mean this podcast, but like, I guess that's what we're supposed to be doing is making connections, encouraging people. Um, so I want to always be here to encourage you. Thank you guys for encouraging me. And I hate to, I, I would love to end with a celebratory song, um, 
but I'm not because I'm I'm weird. And this is so sad. It's good time. This is when I play a, a sad song that um, that they, that makes me sad. But you know what? This this is going to be a sad song that that is a victory. So you know, it's still going to be sad. But we're just say it's a victory. So this actually, this I. Uh, I had the appreciation for because of my dad and my dad had Tracy Chapman's CD when I was, um, when I was a kid, I remember loving the CD. I were a little kid and I would just wear the CD out, but there is this song called baby. Can I hold you tonight by Tracy Chapman? And I think it is just hands down. I mean, by the way, Tracy Chapman, that first album, if you guys don't know it, it has fast car on it. And it's just an amazing album, song after song, you know, for a, you know, a first time artist, a first time album, that is such a powerhouse album. There's not a bad song on it, but this song, it really stayed with me as a kid. It really did. Like I loved this song, but also, you know, being that weird little kid with such an imagination, I used to imagine about this song. So the lyrics on this is like, sorry is all that you can't say. Years gone by and still, words don't come easily. Like, sorry, like, sorry. Forgive me is all that you can't say. Years gone by and still, words don't come easily. Like, forgive me, forgive me. But you can say, baby, baby, can I hold you tonight? Maybe if I told you the right words at the right time, you'd be mine. That lyric right there always stood with me. Maybe if I told you the right words at the right time, you'd be mine. And I remember, I remember this as a nerd, as a kid nerd. It was this song and um, uh, the Bonnie Raitt song that uh, I played a couple weeks ago that Bon Iver covered, I Can't Make You Love Me. Um, so I, isn't it crazy? It was that song, I Can't Make You Love Me, and this song with the lyrics, maybe if I told you the right words at the right time, you'd be mine. I was fixated on, I was fixated on this thought that nobody liked me. I know this sounds crazy. You're like, this guy's batshit. But I really was. I was fixated on this thing of I was such a nerd. Nobody liked me. And it's weird thinking about, like, this was really real. This was in my mind. This was, you know, but I always love this lyric because I always think it's, you know, you ever wonder about that? Like, when you're in unrequited love, you know, when you really feel something for somebody and they don't feel it for you back. And you, you have that feeling of like you would do anything. You would do anything. And then you think like what? I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be something you could say to somebody that would make them love you. And I always love that thought of maybe if I told you the right words at the right time, you'd be mine. I don't know. Just think about that. That always stood with me. And it still sticks with me. Because... I don't know. That just it's just like a powerful it's just, I'm like it's just like a powerful thought, dude. Anyways, this is Tracy Chapman. Baby can I hold you tonight? Thank you guys so much. As always, I love you. Um this is an ongoing conversation. So I will talk to you guys again on Friday. Um thanks for uh thanks for being my friend. Okay, bye.
Batches.